Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from February 27th by our guest speaker, Brother Todd Burgess. All right, it's good to be here and, and, and serve with you guys and be able to share God's word with you. And uh, we're going to be in Psalm 101. And uh, be thankful it's not Psalm 119, because I'm going to preach through the whole psalm, the whole chapter. This one, this one, only, has eight, this one only has eight verses, so. Um, but it is good, and this thing's going to, I'm going to move it out of the way a little bit there. But it's good to be in the house of the Lord, and what we're looking at here tonight, or this morning, is a profession of godliness, and um, are we living a Christ-centered life? And I think in the church today, that is so important that we understand we need to be above and beyond what the world calls a good life. Our lives ought to, ought to be shine the light and resemblance of Christ. And so David here, he has written this psalm, and it's a psalm that he wrote early in his kingship, probably while he was, you know, first year or two in, 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 as a king. But he recognizes his need to rely upon God and make, a, and so he makes this resolution, this resolution in these eight verses. And as we read through this, these, uh, these eight verses, you'll find that did, did David keep these things perfectly? No, he didn't. He, he, we all know he, he failed. He made some, made some bad mistakes. But what made this good is that he maintained the heart of this resolution that he has written before God. And that's what we need to understand. We're not going to live a perfect life, but we need to understand we need to maintain the heart that God wants us to, to have as one of his children. And, and as David did, always come back confessing, Lord, I messed up again. You know, and, and have that heart of worship. And so what we're looking at here, there are six I will statements that David makes. Six I will statements. And they build one upon the other. Now, I'm going to, because the order that the scripture puts them in, I'm going to keep them in that order. So we're actually going from the best to the worst, okay? Um, and so if, and that, that first one is the proper heart of worship in verse 1, that proper heart of worship. And so before we go any further, I, w- I would like to read these eight verses, and I'd ask you to stand if you will. And in Psalm 101, Verse 1, it says, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart, I well, will I not suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off 
all the wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Lord God, as you read your word, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide me in, in proclaiming your word as, as it's been written here, Father. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would just speak to the hearts of everyone here, myself included, Lord, that we can see our ways and make sure they measure up to your ways. For we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. And so this, this first one in verse 1 is this I will statement is, that, is, is talking about a proper heart of worship. Now this is, this is the goal. This should be the goal in our life that wherever we are, not just on our Sundays, that wherever we are, there is a, we have a proper heart of worship. Because no matter what's going on, whether it's a Monday through a, through a Saturday, a Sunday, makes no difference. We should be worshiping God all day long. All day long, we should be worshiping God. And so, when, it, when we look at this, this phrase in verse 1, I will sing, literally means sing. I will sing. We ought to have a, a, a song upon our heart. Whether, now I'm not saying we go out and here we're, at, we're at middle work and start singing, start praising God. No. But there's that, that song that's there that we're kind of humming to ourselves. Now, people may ask us, hey, what's going on? Uh, this, this is the song, and open to a time to maybe share, share a little bit with them. But there should always be that joyful heart, that, that attitude that there, that's there. And so this, this word, I will sing, this, this, it occurs often in a call to praise the Lord. It's what we do when we praise God, and we ought to be praising God every day of the week. Our whole attitude in life should be, should be about the song that Jesus has placed in our hearts, where in every circumstance that we face, we are able, through Christ, who strengthens us, to turn it into a song of praise to Him. That means good times. That means hard times. Easy times. We ought to be a song of praise upon our hearts. Psalm 27, 6 says, And now... Shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies, enemies around me? Therefore will I offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto God, unto the Lord. Jeremiah 20, 13 says, Sing unto the Lord, praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of the evildoers. Now, in those two verses, there's two or three things we're supposed to be singing praise about. Folks, there's hundreds of things we ought to be singing praises about. That's just one or two examples right here. And so in this passage, Davis is, David is telling us how we are to sing praises. And he just gives two examples in this passage of, in verse 1, where he says, I will sing of mercy and judgment. There's two examples that we should be singing praises about. Now, mercy there refers to God's Goodness, his kindness, his faithfulness, his love toward us. Now, there can be some pretty horrible things that we have gone through, and we have, maybe we've sunk pretty low. Uh, I look at I look at Lot's life in Genesis 19, verse 19. Here, Lot, an angel, literally had to drag them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. But then. Um, in, verse, in that passage, it says, Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. Lot realized, yeah, he, he had really deterred and, and went, 
because he went from being outside the city to being in the city and then sitting at the city gates. And so we need to understand in all circumstances, we're to praise the Lord. We're to give him praise. David, after his sin with Bathsheba, same situation. Here he was, he committed murder. He committed adultery. These things took place. And in Psalm 51, 1 and 4, it says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of, of, of thy tender mercies. Bought out my transgressions. And, and it goes on in verses 2, 3, and 4 there, just what David has done, but he understands it's God's mercy that he's able to even say, this, say these words. And so he's giving praise to God for his, for his mercy. And then judgment down here, the word just simply means justice. Now folks, you and I are not to be judged, to render judgment upon people. But what's important here is that the word here, it means simply justice. And justice and righteousness, they characterize the Lord's throne. In Psalm 89, 14 and 15, it says, Justice and judgment, and this word judgment is, is, is kind of being transferred as righteousness here, are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound they shall walk. You see, and it says, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. And so, when God's judgments upon us, we're doing the right things because we know it's the right things because what God has called us about what we're not supposed to be doing. He's confronted us many times with our sin and we're saying, I need to turn from that. I need to walk in God's way, not in my own way. And all of this is all about having the proper heart of worship. Proper heart of worship. Now, without these latter situations that take place, we're going to be talking about these other five I will statements. It'd be kind of hard. Well, how do you have a heart of worship? We, had, we hear, hear the, the cliche Christian uh, statements we make many times, but how does this occur? Well, this is where that second one comes in. The second one if you're going to have a proper heart of worship, then you must have a proper character. And that goes back to what are your, what, what are your moral guidelines that you follow? What moral guidelines do you follow in your life? Because they affect if you're going to have a proper heart of worship. You see, verse 2 says, I will behave myself wisely. And, that, and, and this means to act with insight, to be prudent. In Isaiah 41, verse 20, it says, that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord hath done this and the Holy One of Israel hath created it. You know, I know in my own life, many times my failures are because I don't recognize what God's doing around me. I don't recognize what he's doing around me. Now, what I'm doing may be a good thing in my own, my own personal view. But since I don't recognize what God's doing around me, I'm missing what he has for me. Which means my things I'm doing around, that I'm doing are not of him. And they're not good things to God. See, that's, that's where character comes in. You know, we have to, as a child of God, we have to be able to know and to understand this is of God right here. This is not of God. We have to be able to discern those things. 
And I think so often as Christians, we haven't learned to do that. We haven't been taught to do that. This word is also used in Jeremiah 29, 23, and 24. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorifieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. And so, again, it comes back to knowing what God is doing. Having that relationship with him to where when he prompts his spirit to one direction, we do it. I was at the gas station this morning. Went to fill my car up and get my my little free cup of coffee. Um, And in fact, it's sitting out the truck right now, but it'll stay warm out there. Um, But uh, I went in there and, and, and the lady who was working came out and kind of I obviously she's having a bad day. So I got my coffee, went and paid for everything. And the Lord prompted me, hey, just ask what, if, if you can pray for her about something. And I didn't do it. I went back out my truck and sat down, and the Lord asked her to, to, do, to, to pray for her. I said, okay. So I got back out my truck, went back into the, to the Chevron. I said, I can see that you're kind of, this, probably not having a good day today. Is there anything I can pray for you about? I said, no, no, I just, but I appreciate you asking. I said, well, you know what, God loves you. You know, and if you, I come here all the time, so if you see me, ever want me to, I'll be more than happy to pray with you about something. Her name was Nancy. And so so I, I left, but I went out and I prayed for her in her truck. But it's just that prompting, you know. I had no idea what's going to happen from it. But I realized God had prompted me to do something. And I, and I look back, there's how many times I didn't do that. How many times my schedule was, hey, you need to get going. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do it later. No, we can't. So that, that comes down to our, our character. See, that's our character. Character is what, is what we do when nobody else is watching, when nobody else knows but us. What do we do? Nobody would know I didn't do that if I didn't do it. And I didn't give that example just to build me up. It's just we need to understand that's where character is. What we do when nobody else is watching. Because it says, I will behave myself in a perfect way. Now, a perfect way doesn't mean sinless way. Because we, we are going to sin, even as Christians. But it talks about that word way means our path, our journey that we're on. Are we, are we doing God's way? I heard a sermon, and I can't remember the passage it came from, but it talks about God has prepared a highway that the wicked cannot walk on. You know who that highway is? It's we Christians. When we're doing what God has called us to do, we're walking in His Spirit, being obedient to Him. Nothing Satan do can penetrate. They can't come to that highway because God has put buffers up there. That's for His people, and the wicked shall not walk on it. We are to be that light. And I wish I could remember that passage of Scripture was. I have to go back and look it up. But, um, but it was. It really, it really affected me. It, that's, that's the way we're walking. Are we walking in our own way or are we walking down God's way? With His protections. And yes, it's going to cause problems with those around us. Because the Bible says Jesus, the Word of God is going to cause a conflict. 
Okay? It will. And that's when David cries out and says, Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? David knew he had lost the presence of the Spirit of God. And he said, Lord, when will you come back to me? We as Christians ought to know if the Spirit of God is actively involved in our life or not. But too often, we don't realize the Holy Spirit's left us because we've slowly drifted away. And that's what these, these I will statements are talking about. We're dealing with the, the character first, but then next, it talks about the third one deals with proper conduct. If, you, if your moral guide is off a little bit, then, then, then guess what? Your conduct, how we actually behave is going to be off as well. And see, when you look at this third statement, it's in verse 2. It says, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Now, that's that last part of verse 2. And it deals with the proper conduct. Now, I will walk, as I, as I already mentioned about the way, it speaks metaphorically of how one conducts your life. What do you use as guidance in your life? And so, in Deuteronomy 28, verse 9, and I, and I apologize, you know, sometimes pastors, as we go through, we have verses up here, and I've already skipped some of them, so hopefully I'm not getting, getting them too lost back there. But uh, in Deuteronomy 28, 9, it says, The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself. And then the end of that verse says, And walk in his ways. Now, folks, yes, he's talking about the nation of Israel, but folks, he's talking about the church as well, Christians today as well. We are to walk in his ways. Our conduct, how we behave, these are the physical actions and acts that we do, how we behave is very important. So whose ways are you following? Are you following man's or God's? So, so he says, well, he will walk within his house. Folks, the people, one, some people we cannot, we cannot lie to, we can't deceive many times. It's our own family. They know the truth. And, they'll, and, and they understand that. See, to truly live a life that the Lord will bless must begin in our own homes. We can fool everyone else, but we cannot fool our family and definitely cannot fool God. He knows the truth. He knows if our, if our character is right. He knows if our conduct is right. And see, these two things affect our heart of worship. If one of these is wrong, our heart of worship is wrong. And we can't worship properly. And so... We're to walk within my house with a perfect heart. It re relies about a life of integrity. Where what you say is what you do. Even to your hurt. Your own hurt. That's what's important. Christians are to be people of their word. If you say yes, you mean yes. And you don't change it just because, oh, this is, this is going to cost me. Oh, well, it costs you. Now, you should change it if you find out what you said yes to was wrong. By all means, you need to change that. That goes back to your character, okay? But with a perfect heart, our integrity, 
Psalm 22, 25, verse 21 says, Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait upon thee. We have to understand who we serve. We don't, we don't serve ourselves. We are serving holy God, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are waiting upon him. And so our integrity is very, very important. You see, if we as parents, we as, especially when I speak, speak with, to men, we are to do and live and set the example in our lives because we have children that are going to come up. And I'm not saying every time children run off and do their own thing and when they become adults, it's always the parents' fault because they didn't live a right life. But many times the kids see the real you, the real me. And, and all we can do is recognize I did fail this area or that area. You know? But again, the Bible's very clear as when the people, they become adults, they're, they're responsible for their own decisions as well. And so we've got to really evaluate where, where, where we are at. And that leads us to our fourth statement in verse, in verse 3. It talks about our proper choices. See, this reflects our conduct. We talked about our conduct, how we behave, but our choices affects that conduct. Our conduct affects our character, and our character all affects our heart of worship. And so it says in verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Now, wicked thing there, think about this. We think wicked thing, oh yeah. You know, we, we can name off a whole bunch of lists of everything everyone sees as being wicked. But listen to what it says here. Wicked thing refers to a worthless thing. Something that has no value. Now this is what really, when I looked at this passage, it really st struck home. Does whatever you are looking at, watching, reading, etc., does it add glory, godly value, goodness, kindness, all of which come from the Lord to your life? See, too often as Christians, we want, we want to say, well, well, you know, that was okay. I, I love Marvel, Marvel movies. I, I, I do. DC movies, I like those because up to a certain point, they've kept all the junk, the world junk out and just kind of stick with the comics. But that's not the case anymore. But it's even still, what value do they have? See, this is what really struck home. What value do they have? We can read books that are all right. They're good entertainment. They're not dirty books. They don't have much of bad language in them. They don't have whatever. But what value do they have? Do they build your Christian character up? And that's what God's really impressed upon me. Setting a wicked thing before our eyes means don't allow anything that doesn't build you up as a Christian before your eyes. And that would pretty much take, take, get rid of probably 90% of the stuff we look at and watch and read. That we see just as entertainment. It has no value. And this really struck me when I saw that. And God calls it that a wicked thing. It's worthless thing. It has no value. 
You see, if I have wickedness brought before me by others, what do I do? Do I turn away? Do I, am I indifferent, just kind of ignore it? Or do I speak against it? We shouldn't be laughing at it. And then it says in, in verse 3, I will hate the work of them that turn aside. All right? Hate the work of them. See, we should not view these things with indifference. Well, it's not me. I'll just, you know, no big deal. No. We ought to view these things with utter scorn and, 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 and abhorrence. Because if you don't do that, if you don't hate what God calls sin, then eventually what 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 God calls sin becomes normal in your life. And then it becomes part of your life. See, the hatred of sin is a good guard in our life, which leads to a godly character, godly conduct, godly choices. Psalm 40, verse 4 says, Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Now, I'm going to tell you, folks, anytime you, you deal with any kind of addictions, it don't matter. You can pick the worst addictions or, or simple, easy addictions that everyone overlooks, you know. And they just say, well, everyone else has, has this, no big deal. But being someone who's been addicted to things about my own self, what happens is when something goes wrong in your life, you turn to that addiction for comfort, whatever it may be. But usually it's a worthless thing, a thing that has no value. I sit here and say you've got pornography and alcoholism and drug addicts and all these horrible things that we're out there. You know, you also have obesity and you have lying and you have slander and you have, those are all addictions, folks. If they are present in our lives on a routine basis. And we turn to those things to draw comfort instead of turning to God. That's why in this passage in Psalm 44, blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. When these things, when things around me don't happen, I turn to God. And I wish, I guess, I did it every time, but I don't. We need to come away from these things that we trust that are not of God, that, are, that have no value. Because our choices reflect our conduct, which, which reveals our character. And it shows either our heart is of worship, is right or wrong. The fifth, fifth I will statement David talks about here is proper counselors. Those who we turn to for advice. Who do we turn to for advice? That's important. Because if our choices, conduct, and character is not right, then the people we turn to for advice usually are not right. And so when we look at proper counselors, we, we ought to reject evil or those that would advise us to compromise with evil. Today, the big, the big thing in t television, all these things nowadays, is what used to be called evil is now called good. It's now called good. And what was called good is now called evil. See, that's, and that shows you that they're of no value. Get them out of our lives. 
See, the hatred of sin, that, that is something we, we, got, we, got, we can't compromise on. And so David here goes on in verse 4, says, A froward heart shall depart from me. Now, David, first and first foremost, is talking to himself. He's recognized his sin. He's asked God for forgiveness. So he refers to himself first, and then he's, talking, he's going to start looking at those around him. And so we need to avoid those who are constantly tearing people down. They have a forward heart. We avoid those that are always seeing the negative in things instead of the good in things. We need to avoid those who would advise us to something contrary to what the Bible, what the Bible would advise us to do. See, we can't keep evil people from us, but we can keep them from having an influence over our lives. Proverbs 17, verse 20 says, He that hath a froward heart findeth no good, and he that hath a perverse tongue falleth into mischief. And folks, you can probably, if you were to take a close examination, first of your own heart, to see if you fall in this category. And then look to those around you who you look up to or whatever. Are they people that find no good? And the Bible says, I will not know a wicked person. And it's talking about bad, evil. And now what's interesting about this wicked person here, it has a direct reference back to Genesis 2 verse 9, talking about the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God put that tree there of good and evil, but it was all evil because it was a sin for Adam to partake of it, to touch it, to, to I don't want to say touch it because that that's what Eve said, but to, to partake of it. It became a sin. And so we have to understand that good things can be sinful. Good things can be sinful if it's not the good God is leading us to do. If we don't understand that this is what God's leading us, I see God at work right here, I'm, so I'm going to, but, yeah, but I'm doing this good thing over here, but God's not in it. See, good things can be evil because they draw us away from God. And so, David goes through, he lists a bunch of things that, that come from a forward heart. Someone who speaks slander. In verse 5, to his neighbor, and David says, I'm going to cut that person off. But David also made sure, I'll make sure that I, I'm not speaking slanderous toward people too, first and foremost. He always looked at himself first. One that has a high look. He says, our, our, our proud heart, I will not suffer. A high look, that's, that's a lofty, that's prideful. That's, that's an attitude of self-importance where I'm always more important than everybody else. Do things, help me out first before you do things for anybody else. Me, me, me. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 5, everyone that is, pr that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. See, a proud heart, a high look, they go together. A proud heart is talking about an arrogant person. And David says, I won't suffer these to be around me. But first, I made sure that these characteristics do not, do not reflect me. 
He that worketh deceit. Now this talks about slothfulness. That deceit there talks about slothfulness. Do you do what you do to the best of your ability or you just do enough to get by? And if we do enough just to get by, then what does that mean? That's what we're doing in our service to God also. We do just enough as we think to get by. He that tells a lie. David says, I'm not have, I don't want him in my sight. But then he says in verse 6, Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that, work, that walketh in a, proper, in a perfect way, he shall serve me. See, this, this is, this, these are people that, that are firm, that, that build up, that support, that nurture one another. And see, those are godly, those are godly characteristics. You, 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 you provide stability and confidence in people. Much like a, when a baby is held by their mother or father, there it is. Many times they, they calm down because of that, that support that's there. And everything I've talked about to this point, if you have wrong counselors, your choices will be wrong, your conduct will be wrong, your character will be wrong, and you won't have the heart of worship that you need. But if you do, good counselors have good choices, good conduct, good character, your heart of worship will be right before God. So if your heart of worship is not right, go back and look where it is at. But all this is, all, everything that's been preached is great. And I can have you all raise your hands and say, oh yeah, it was, it was a good message. But when you walk out that door, if it hasn't touched your heart, it hasn't changed some area of your life, then it was of no effect. And that's what the last I will statement says. David now makes a resolve. I, David says, am going to resolve. This is what I'm going to do. I will early destroy, in verse 8, all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Knowing that David first had to get his own heart right, right with God. Okay? If there is not a resolution that you make, as God has convicted you or, or, or revealed in your life, this area is not right, you need, you need to say, all right, Lord, I'm going to cut that out right now and follow through with it. We need to follow through with what God is calling us to do. Because if we don't, we'll be the same this week as we were last week. And next week will be the same. There'll be no difference. We'll just keep going through the motions. When as a child of God, every week ought to be different than last week. Because none of us are perfect. We all have things we need to be working on. And the Holy Spirit of God is showing those, revealing to us these things. And just like this morning, going and, and talking, I realized I don't go and talk to people near as much as I used to talk to people. You know? It's one of the things I need to do differently. And so I have to resolve to do that. Begin to put it on my prayer list. It was always in front of me. And I'll put the little note on the, uh, on the refrigerator, whatever. Oh, i got to do that. Put that verse up there. Whatever it may be. Because if you don't act upon it now, and you walk out those doors, it'll stay the same. 
week after week after week. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.